Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. One, two, James is hosting for you. Three, four, Craig is not in the door. Five, six, it's Danny Dix is not here. Seven, eight, Mr. Dunlop's great. Nine, ten, Nigel's back again. Let's get this party started. Welcome to Footy Prime, the Footy Garage. My word, I thought he'd gone the way of the dodo, but instead Nigel returns with actually a relatively appropriate, appropriate opening. Uh, welcome home to the garage, Nigel. Uh, I'm Sharman. This Dunlop. We got Wonga, JC's here, Craig's here. Once again, Dickie lets us all down. His real job. His real job at Toronto FC, taking precedence once again. Don't know why, they're not playing games. Well, I guess they did play a game, didn't they? They did play. But not his team. Do not write off not his the Cap Champions League just because you don't rate it. doesn't mean it's not valuable, okay? I don't not rate it, per se. Oh, you forgot it, it happened. No, I watched it. Well, the second half, anyway. <laughs> Missed the first half. I had my reasons. I had good reasons. Understandable. Making pies, obviously. Uh, yes, it was pie-related. Okay. Put it that way. <laughs> There's Craig with a, fil- a filthy laugh in the background there. All right, a lot to get to today. A special bumper edition. So, uh, Elena Watko, take it away. Topics, we got topics. Lots and lots and lots of great topics. I just love that. Thank you, Elena Watko. Or should we say Elena Dunlop? Or is it Brendan Watko? Not entirely sure, but uh, regardless, the first time we spent a lot of money to actually pay a professional, the only professional ever to appear on this podcast, and, and Elena, we do appreciate it. We use it every week, I think. It's about time we upgraded to a, a you know an audio professional, a music professional, just a professional, just a professional in, in any right. way you look at it, just a professional. As I mentioned, a big bumper MFGA edition today. MFGA. In case you don't know what that means, uh, came from the very mouth of a very own Dan Wong, didn't it, Dan? What does MFGA mean? Uh, based upon my favorite politician, who came up with MAGA, I have now said, "Make football great again." Ah, and that's you because you guys whinge. Yes, you guys whinge about soccer being horrible nowadays. And I thought, what would be a great episode or a great segment? Are all of the things that make you guys think would make football great again. Aha, uh-huh. so basically you're allowing us to become grumpy old farts and whine about the modern game and reminisce for a simpler time. 
a better time. Absolutely. A I'm time. still young. I'm still trying to appeal to the gamers on Twitch here. I don't know if I want to be associated with you old guys whinging and griping about everything wrong in football. It's also about bringing things in that might uh, improve it. So it's not just like whinging. mud and black boots? And- well, or, uh, you know, cigarettes and donuts before games. Yep, and no more of these nonsense, nonsensical concussion breaks, you know. Nope, nope. When the balls were heavy and sodden and concussions were rampant, the good old days. Oh, so like before the Premier League started. Yes, when, before when, football was when born. When Craig was, was at his peak in the English top flight. Well, Craig, as the, uh, the oldest person on the podcast by some stretch, um, let, let's start with you. You, know, you obviously played in different generations, you know, played in the 1980s. You played before the offside rule. Well, not quite, but the back pass rule, anyway. Craig, tell us, how would you make football great again? Well, first of all, <laughs> I, we, don't, we don't always hammer the game. There's lots of things about the modern game that I like. And there's also things, I would say, that were better off the field, or I would like to come bring back things like ownership and local ownership and guys that could compete and clubs that could compete like Ipswich Town in a small market um, prior to these what you could call super clubs um, that are now been taken over by billionaires and we've the game has changed dramatically that way um, in the last 20 years Um, and that's not to say that parts of that isn't good because obviously Man City coming into the fray Chelsea has made the league, the Premier League, more competitive. Um, but at the same time, um, the Premier League uh, dominates really the European leagues because of the, the amount of TV money. So obviously, that's going to give them a, a one up on everybody else as well, and sort of take away maybe some of the pageantry and romance away from um, smaller clubs. Um, in the past, it would have maybe won big trophies or getting quite consistent with the teams to get to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. It'd be nice to see somebody somebody new. Hey, Craig, even your, your, your beloved Ipswich today, I think, finalized a deal. They've been bought by uh, an American investment company, I think three guys, for about £40 million. Um, I know <laughs> recent ownership has hardly been successful. Is, is this progress for, for your boys there or not? Well, I think it's progress because, I mean, the the last ownership and the way that went uh, really didn't go well from start to finish. Um, so I think anything uh, would be better. So the fans will be excited about that. But the ownership also says they want to, you know, bring back former glory uh, days of Ipswich Town. But again, that is, you know, that's that's virtually impossible in the modern game. Yeah, and it I mean, really is. And unless this Phoenix Rising group is willing to um, put in millions and millions and millions, it's, and I just don't see it. And soccer's I mean, always. Evans had invested, I think, over a hundred million pounds of his own money, and yeah, he's a rich man, but he's not. He's not in the, the figures that you need to be successful. Like I was saying about the super clubs, you, you need deep, deep pockets. Premier League teams, yeah, while you're in it, you, you you're getting the the money, but when you're you're out of it, it can be crippling. Soccer's always been the global game, but as the Premier League has increasingly become the global league, you've really lost, yeah, that that localism. And I think that that's something that you know I didn't really get to see 
as the Premier League became global and became more accessible here. But from you know hearing the stories and seeing it in a few communities, and you can just you can really tell a difference in a club, you know, like Sheffield United, uh, a club like Aston Villa, obviously Sunderland in the Northeast, in between you know some of the other clubs and any of these big money clubs that have totally lost that. Um, you know, despite being able to field considerably better teams and fantasy football sides every weekend. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, we're looking at this through rose-colored glasses. But back in that, that era, I know they had personalities and these owners had such such charisma. You know, the old, um, you know, cliched, you know, sheepskin jacket chairman walking down the sidelines, right? A bit dodgy, you know, had a bit of shadiness to him, you know, and, and frankly, owned the players pre-Bosman. I mean, looking back, ah, oh, yeah, they were, they were great halcyon days, right, Craig? But, I mean, it wasn't all great either. I mean, these guys were, were held, I think, less accountable than, than the, the ownership groups are nowadays. Yeah, well, there is that, for sure. Um, I think that prior to the Bosman ruling, though, I think the structure of the, the English system uh, worked really well um, because there was literally uh, rules in place that would, would trickle down money so teams could, you know, do that sort of thing and, and compete um, back to Ipswich. You got a situation now where we're back in the day they used to the, the difference between playing for Ipswich and Manchester United wasn't that great as far as wages go. They could develop their own players with good development system um, and compete. Now or even when I was there, at least the, you get these young players coming up. You get a couple of years out of them, like even West Ham with. You know, Rio and Rio Ferdinand and Glenn Johnson, and Michael Carrick, and uh, Declan Rice. You know, at least you got a couple of years out of those guys. But now, clubs like Ipswich, anyway, they're selling them off as 17 year olds, Canadian boy that was sold from Ipswich to Arsenal, I think, for around a half a million. So they're willing to, these big clubs, to go in, take players with potential, drop 20, 30 million on 15, 20 players, and hope one of them make it. And that's all they need and they'll make money on it. But they can't even hold on to them long enough to get a couple of years out of them. So to make uh, football great again, Craig is, is banning any foreign ownership from the game. Um, we've heard foreigners, <laughs> just foreigners in general. Just foreigners in general, which, Craig, you were a foreigner once upon a time. <laughs> well, that's right. That's Remember right. that? But I, but I also try to look at it, you know, in the, in, you know, the best way possible without sort of, you know, there's also... You know things that are negative about foreigners and and uh, what they bring to the Premier League is good and also bad for you know English development too. But I do think that they need to make some changes uh, to to be able to make other clubs more successful. But I just don't see it in the modern day. Speaking of old school management, I, I put it on Twitter uh, today on the Footy Prime feed. We, we mentioned it a number of times in the past in this podcast. The Barry Fry uh, documentary all those years ago when he's one of the one scene is he's in the room negotiating a contract for his, his new player. And you you got to watch this. Check out Footy Prime, the podcast on Twitter. Um, it's just classic, classic, old-school English football management and just a, a wheeler dealer. Like Harry Redknapp had no, no, nothing on this guy, on Barry Fry. Uh, I, think he turned, I think he turned 74 today, and that's why why it was back on Twitter. But just classic. Yeah, it was amazing to me, even as a, you know, coming from North America, even as a youngster, to see what happens at football clubs where the coach is also managing. He's also doing contracts. So he's telling you across from a contract that, yeah, you're not that great. But then 
<laughs> telling you, yeah, you're in the team on Saturday, and yeah, you're awesome. Like, and, and I'm depending on you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's why maybe it's easier now, right? You have the, the chairman, you have the manager, you have the director of football, you have the, the various agents involved there. Um, speaking of which, I, I think I mentioned last week that great interview on uh, The Athletic with Mino Riala and Jonathan Barnett. And part of that, they were talking about how they employ their own football analysts to talk to their clients about how they can improve their games. And B, that, I mean, I wouldn't say it surprised me per se, but when I hear that, you understand why there's this, this wall being built between football clubs and the players. So so you've got the coach who's coaching the footballer, and then on one hand, you've got the the, the agent paying, highly paying some, some you know, some number pressure to break down the kid's game and say, no, no, you must improve here. I mean, that's how issues begin, isn't it? I think so. I mean, that's definitely something that didn't exist when Craig and Danny played and the game, you know, was, was different. There's some positives, I think, from that, certainly, with some of these star players, but I think that it also creates a lot of problems and it also, you know, it also encourages this carousel of, of change and this, you know, this carousel of players, much like we see in management, that I don't think any fan truly wants you know do you want to see your club spend 30 million pounds or 50 or 70 million pounds on a player and that player is gone in 18 months or two years and that just seems to be you know increasing that and i'm talking at a you know a big market level but if you're looking at someone like you know uh, uh, look at wolves look at the the rotation that wolves have had in the last few years uh players whose names you've forgotten <laughs> talking about and um you know how much of that meddling kind of behind the scenes plays plays a fact in that um yeah i'd like to see a bit more consistency and i think that having more chefs in the kitchen and hands in the pot makes it more complicated well look at the harland situation right now at Dortmund. it's just fascinating right so harland you know this kid he's he's the next big thing if not already the big thing in wolf football um, and he's been at Dortmund for this is his second year, and he's just owned the Champions League, he's owned the Bundesliga. He, he's wonderful, but big rumors he's leaving this year simply because the deal they signed was he's got a, an escape clause that comes into effect next year. So I think it's seventy-five million. He's worth three times that right now. So if if they're going to sell him, they may as well sell him this summer. Dortmund's not a small club. No, they're they're a really large club, a successful club. I want to see this guy, you know, nurture himself and, and get to the top of his game playing for Dortmund but the way the modern game is you know played and the way agents negotiate contracts it's all with that next step in, in mind if he wants to stay there he will but I don't think that there are a lot of players that you know have that loyalty or have that a, a attraction and appeal to a place and if they did I don't think you're getting much more than a season or two because realistically Dortmund's not going to challenge uh, Bayern any more than perhaps one season so I don't see you know anyone in that kind of situation deciding I, I, to do that. I, I get it, I understand it, but I'm wondering how how it's changed, Craig. When you played, when you're you know working with Jonathan Barnett as your agent, were you just trying to maximize every possible deal, or were you always looking that one step ahead? I mean, you stayed at Ipswich for a long time, West Ham for a long time, so I'm assuming you were going for everything you could when you could get it. But was it ever? Oh even- yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you you leave that to your agents now. When they're adding in, we're talking about adding in uh, their own people, you know, analytics to their players. Uh, that's for me just meddling. It's it's agents want to keep a certain amount of control uh, over their players and at least make them feel that they're doing everything they can on and off the field 
to make them better. But in reality, you know, at that level of players that they're dealing with, uh, that is just getting in the way and adding way too much to the conversation. Agents should not be getting involved in that way whatsoever. Leave it to the clubs. They have their professionals. They'll be just fine. So so we can agree also then that we are going to ban agents from the game as well to make the, to make the game better? Oh, I tell you what, that's a, that's a business to be in. I mean, look at the literally tens of millions that they hand out every year, clubs to agents, agents' fees. Massive. Well, De Bruyne just signed a new deal, five-year deal, worth I the, the reports were I think almost four hundred thousand a week. Unbelievable. Um, without an agent, he did it with his dad. Yeah, there you go. I mean, at the end of the day, he's been at that club long enough that if you're going to sign a contract with Manchester City and your relationship that you have with everybody there, you know what everybody's on and in around. They're gonna they're gonna look after him. They're gonna make sure that he's looked after. There's no need to have an agent. If he was looking to move, and with all the legal wrangling that can go on for moves from country to country, I think you would it would be you know probably a good idea to have somebody. Um, but as a lot of players in North America are going, um, they're leaving agents and going the lawyer route. Pay your lawyer what he is an hour. So, so what if he's two thousand bucks an hour? Get the deal sorted out, um, and you're going to be way better off than paying a percentage of your total contract to an agent. Craig, I've known you for uh, about four decades now. We're pretty old, <laughs> um, but when you were playing, and I we've talked about this before, you're a pretty loyal guy. Um, did that loyalty ever work against you? Um, and is there loyalty left in the Prem? Is there loyalty left in footy? And if you are loyal, are you actually hurting yourself? Unless, you you know, like, that is a professional sports question that has changed completely now, where they used to treat loyalty with more money, with um, a house, a car. But now it's called a hometown discount. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) you're actually hurting. Like, what do you think? Well, I was... You know, we sold from Ipswich that, yeah, you're, you know, you're, loyalty is a, a big thing. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I would, I don't blame, like, a guy like uh, Junior Hoylet, for instance, uh, had the chance to play for Canada an awful long time ago. Um, but I think his dad was had a lot of influence on him. And he was like, no, look after your playing career. That's the one that's your bread and butter. That's where the money's going to come from. And you make as much as you possibly can. And down the road, if you want to come to the Canadian national team, when time is right, do it. And that's exactly what he did. Um, I don't, and, and there was a time when I would, I was really frowned upon uh, Hoylet for doing that. But um, now I look at it differently. Um, I really see that, you know, maybe players should make sure that they look after themselves first because at the end of the day, nobody's going to come and help you out after the fact. So you got to keep that in mind as well. Hey, Craig, that the PA encourage free movement. They want guys to make as much money as possible. And they often pressure players not to take a discount, for example, right? To, to make as much money as they possibly can for the, for the union, for the good of the, good of the body. Were you ever pressured? Uh, to, to, no, not at all. The, the, PF, the PFA never never pressured. In fact, a lot of players wouldn't want to work with the PFA is there. They'll, they're always there. They will work for you and do contracts. Now, they did have a reputation for 
you know, and not really looking after the player because they're kind of massaging, you know, being friendly with the clubs as well as the player. So a lot of guys didn't want to work with them because they they weren't really truly going for the best for the player. Um, but they never pressurized for higher wages or anything like like, like that because for the, the better of the body, it was, it was just fine. In fact, the clubs tried to fight the PFA for taking away uh, percentages. Uh, they believe it's 5% of every transfer goes into the, the, uh, the union's uh, pocket. And that goes to help players later on, health conditions, as well as bonuses you get when you retire. Um, pretty well done, pretty well structured uh, for the most part. Uh, when, the, when the clubs tried to say, hey, the, these fees are so big, this 5% should be cut, um, the players were willing to strike um, a few years, well, I want to say in about 99 or 2000, the players were willing to strike again in the league in the Premier League because of that, and uh, they they backed down. There are some players, I think, in renewal situations that can get by without an agent that have built a reputation, a relationship with the club that the agent is just there to facilitate the deal, essentially. Yeah, I never used an agent when I well, I was 16 when I signed. Obviously, you're you're going to get your 25 pounds a week and. What a deal there you got. Way to way to fight for yourself. Oh yeah. Well, no, there was there was no there was no negotiating. It was like that was it. Everybody got twenty five pounds, and your uh, landlady got thirty. So I was making fifty five, enough for mashed potatoes every night. That's right. We know about the do drop in. We know That's all about right. the do drop in and and your story. So we can't let you tell that one again. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I just think that the agent game is interesting. It's it's funny to me to see someone like De Bruyne be able to get a top market deal, but I think that he really is an anomaly. There's you know there's not too many players on that squad that I think would have been able to do as well without an agent. Gabe, Gabriel Jesus, for example, who is constantly doubted as being the successor to Sergio Aguero. I think he's proven his worth. I think he's suitable enough to be the relied upon number nine. But there's a lot of talk out there that makes me think that the club doesn't believe that. So if he were to go in with just his father, what would that conversation be? I don't think it'd be a very good conversation. Same with Kyle Walker, who's on the wrong end of 30, uh, who's had some issues off the pitch. If he were to go in there without an agent, I don't know if he's you know getting treated fairly and walking away with what he feels is the best deal. Yeah, but you know what the, the going rate is. The boys talk. You know you know what the, the right back at United's making compared to the right back at Villa. You know what your, your value is. But I think the club treats the, the situation differently. Well, it's age, right? It's all about age. Yeah. Right? Because you're at 29. Like Mo Salah is a real interesting one for, for the Reds this summer because he's 29 and they've got two more years on the deal. So they've got to start negotiating now to either re-sign him or dump him. Because if you wait till the end of the contract and then you do an Aubameyang type deal, you could be up Shit's Creek. Yeah. Just paying a lot of money for a player that cannot possibly reach those heights again right so do you let him go now and then that's that's the genius of um sir alex ferguson for example we've discussed this before on this show how he knew the right time to let the stars go when, when the fans maybe didn't realize that it's all about that timing and the age and late 20s you're coming out of that that peak b trust me you're coming out of that peak i think i am <laughs> i know I, I feel like that i'm on the wrong side of 30 now Watching all the starring roles dry up. Yeah, you're right. I do feel well, that. Well, that, this is a question for all three of you. Then, uh, did you guys ever? Were you guys ever, ever going to get poached by another network? 
Were you offered anything? I can tell a quick story about that. I I am very well aware of the circumstance that my availability in not having an agent and said status allowed me to leave uh, a certain situation for a better situation at the time. Yeah. Details. Uh, the the Fox show. I don't think that I uh, I know for a fact I wasn't the first pick, but I was one of the few available. And uh, wasn't, it, wasn't it Christian Wells the first pick? I think Christian Wells was the first pick. Max Bredos, uh, someone in this room would have also been up there, I believe, as well. I remember that. That's a weird time. That was when um, before the score obviously was bought by by Rogers, and and uh, the Fox show was uh, breaking bread, shall we shall we say? And good friends of ours, we knew very well, had been hired. From a production standpoint, and running the show, and then uh, remember young Brendan Dunlop pulling me aside for a little chat, and I thought I was pretty supportive, wasn't I? Oh, you were hugely supportive. Yeah, <laughs> you were hugely supportive. But I think I also said, "I'm like, I feel like I kind of took your gig here, like this." No, no, but yeah, well, went three weeks, and then I came. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was actually six months. Six months of me working alone, was it six wondering months? what am I was doing with my life. Jesus, well. but that was, you know, just the circumstance of the time. The, talk about loyalty there. I showed a lot of loyalty there because I didn't even have a co-host. Well, we worked every day for for six months. Man, every day, every single Literally, day. Seven, he was abused. seven days a week. Yeah. Yeah, um, I tell you what. I mean, I was never. That's right. I mean, it doesn't matter what business you're in. There's, I, I felt I was certainly, you know, I think we were loyal to whoever we worked for, like Sportsnet. We, you know, put in the extra what we needed to do to make it work, and you know, you felt that there was some loyalty there over the years. But hey, you know what, Craig? When, when, um, for those few weeks when the score bought the rights to the Premier League from Sportsnet, they won the rights. Um, my, my first thing was going to my boss at the score and saying, "Hey, can we get Forrest? <laughs> His response was, "There's no way we could fucking afford him." <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then we sold the rights back to you. And it's, ah, Christ, never happened. We had to, had to wait a few years for our uh, for our um, get together, Craig. Um, I almost, I, I got approached once by by actually it was Fox as well back in when they were in Winnipeg, and. Uh, it that was Winnipeg. That, that and, was the deal breaker, nothing right? Is Winnipeg, well, but uh, now I need I need details. So no, they, Winne- you know what? I I, I considered it. I, I did, but I, I loved the score at the time. I've always loved the score. What we did there was was great. It was, was groundbreaking it because of the global connection. Yeah, yes. exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was a good okay. show, and uh, yeah, they they just nothing serious, but we had a chat, and uh, in the end, you know, I was really settled in in Toronto. Girl, damn it, mortgage, damn it. And uh, it didn't go any further. But then, uh, you know, hey, it all works out for the best. Here we are now. If not for these you know, decisions, we wouldn't be sitting in a garage talking about sports. Or we may be <laughs> in an alleyway. We might be. It, might be even it could be even worse. You're right. It you could know, be right. even worse. Let's, let's be hey, as long as we're sitting outside. That's right. So, so boys, when, when Spotify come calling, you know, and they want the garage, you know, for like tens of millions of dollars, are we going the lawyer route or are we going to go for, for an agent? <laughs> and that's me. <laughs> Forrest, how do you feel about trusting Wonger with our livelihood? Oh, I'm all for it. <laughs> Fuck it. Let Wonger take care of things. Do it. <laughs> you 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 might be my second favorite. My so, second favorite Asian. <laughs> so, um, so so far, no agents and no foreigners. Okay, to make football great again. Uh, B, uh, give us a, a a reason that we need to embrace to, to make football great again. Haircuts. Haircuts used to be a thing. 
a great thing. There were great haircuts. There were so many stupid haircuts. It was great. And now I don't feel like that's the case. Extreme is Sergio Aguero with the blonde tips. What what junior hockey team are you on in the late nineties, Sergio Aguero? That's the level of extreme now. That to me is just too. I find this fascinating because this is this is now the new unkempt Brendan Dunlop, right? Like the, he's got the flow going. You know, ne- he used to be like you know manicured. You know, he's got the straight razor on his beard. You know, look. and you would have embraced the modern player, generic, robotic, all at the same, but tight. Now look at you. You're like Mark Lawrenson in 1986. I do resemble Randall Gritchick, I think, a lot right now. But I have, like, Dan Heron hair. No, these are baseball references that you... You're wearing a Tigers Baseball cap, haters would... Uh, yes, the, I am wearing the Detroit Tigers cap. didn't really work. But I do resemble him. If you've Somewhat. ever wondered what Randall Gritchick would look like as a Detroit Tiger, just look at me. Yeah. What about... Um, Why you figure your mic out? What about mustaches? Bringing mustaches back. I know Allison's got a beaut right now. He does have a beautiful mustache. Here, use mine while you're, while you're yapping. I do find that everyone, and you know how they always say Asians, blacks, they look alike. I have to say, with all the same haircuts, the white guys, I get confused. They all have the Harry Kane, like, they all have that same part. They just, you know, the tight trim on the side. I have to say, I get it now. So, Craig, Sharms, Dunlop, you guys all look alike. Yeah. (laughs) was that's true. I look at white guys, they all look alike for sure. There was a period on television especially where we all had the same type of M. Ray Chan clean cut. Like, is he from the 90s? Is that uh, the great-grandson of Stan Makita? What, what is that haircut? Um, a few of those are left. What a reference, right? Yeah. yeah. Charms has no idea who that is. Hey, listen. I know. I know Mahaki. I know Stan Makita. He had like a line of blades out for a while, didn't he? And his well, you know his grandson, who's a reporter on Hockey Night in Canada, Kyle Bukowskis. Are they related? No, but don't they look no, alike? Yeah, okay, I was going to say Kyle. Yeah, and do. he has the the hair that I'm talking about. Yeah. Emery Chan but, had no, that look Kyle's for a long hair time. Is next level though. Kyle's got good hair. There's no doubt about it. He's got great hair. It ain't moving. He's a good hair. guy, Kyle. Guys? What about guys like Pogba? He loves a hairstyle. He does. Yeah, he does. There's, there's still a few Ronaldo? of them. There's, there's still a few. I don't feel like. Well, no, Ronaldo's given up. He's gone the, he with has. the buzz cut. He's gone buzz now. But for for many years though, he was known for his look, right? Yeah. Be it be it frosted yeah. tips. I mean, Craig had a perm, right? He, he Craig he's had a perm. Through. No, I never had a perm. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I don't believe that. You sure it was never perm? I had some pictures sent to me today, and there's actually you could, you could probably tell there was like no, that's oh natural. <laughs> I posted a picture on the Footy Prime the podcast Instagram page. If you're not following it at Footy Prime the podcast, uh, you compared to Allison's mustache. You had a, a mini goatee at the time, and I, I did look specifically at your hair, and I thought, ah, he moved away from the from the salon. He, he didn't want to make the drives for the permit. It was just wavy. It wasn't curly. Yeah, just wavy. Was hair a big deal in your in your locker room, Craig, uh, over the years? I mean, nowadays, obviously, guys spend more time in front of the mirror, it seems, before the match. Uh, was, was it was it any, any player in particular who was kind of, you know, ridiculed for the time he spent in front of the mirror? Um, yes, but it wasn't so much before the game. It was just, it was after. Guys, they would groom themselves over, like, but. Before going out to the club, you mean? Yeah, before going out of the club, exactly. So their their, their prep for the club was bigger than their prep for the match. What's that? Their prep for the the, the club was bigger 
and longer than the prep for the actual match itself. <laughs> yeah, might be now. What about what do you think about the, the socks over the knees? Are you a fan? No. <laughs> Obviously, I am. That is my style. For a goalkeeper, yes, because it actually serves a bit of a purpose. But for out players, well, I guess they could say it serves a purpose a little bit. But it's Poncy. aerodynamic and it covers up my hairy knees, Craig. It's poncy as hell. Well, the uh, the the, the, Europe, the Italian players shave their legs. There was a period in high school when I played where I don't, did as well. Don't say that. I did. Oh, God damn it! What an image. The American. Why? why? The American football. It made no sense to be honest. But the American. Well, so you fo- ran faster. The Amer- I ran so much faster. The American football players on in my high school did it, um, complaining that it was or saying that it was it was better for the the high need socks. So when soccer season came around, so did uh, all the soccer players, and I did it once and realized what a waste. Now did it grow back thicker? Probably, but I'm Portuguese, so who, I don't you know. know yeah. cool, I wouldn't be able regardless. to. You know, puberty was like a five year thing, so who who knows? Yeah, a bit like a shaved monkey for a while there, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we got a bit of a theme here because one of the things that I thought I, I I would do to make football great again was to to bring back baggy shirts, so so people like me can wear a football shirt again without feeling ashamed of my body. Right, you, I can't wear them now. They're all skin tight, you know, and like they look dreadful on me. Back in the day, it was just a few like, oh, good thing that my club will never wear a kappa. The good thing I'm not a Napoli supporter <laughs> or Aston Villa. I, I thought of that as soon as actually they switched to kappa. I thought there's a lot of Brummies who will never wear a shirt again. We just won't be Probably able a good to. thing. Well, if they're shirtless, I don't know if that's a good thing. Because I remember, I think it was the 2006 World Cup. Italy was the first team, wasn't it, to, to bring in the, the really tight Puma was the, the uh, fitted the manufacturer, Pumas, yeah. right? That would have been, I guess, I think yeah. it was 06 when they won it. Um, Pretty hard to beat the Italian kid over it's, the years. It's the it? best, isn't it? It's, it's consistent, isn't it? That's the main thing. Consistent, simple. And fitted. Consistently fitted. But not many yeah, footballers look well, bad they, in a fitted shirt. well, don't they? Let's be fair. But I wonder if the shirt sales would go up if they went back to baggy. Just oh. for the fact where it's like, I like the shirt, but it's not going anywhere. It'll be on the wall. But I'd buy one. I might wear it occasionally. Yeah. As opposed to feeling like a sausage. Yeah, it doesn't look doesn't quite look like the players that you support. <laughs> no, it never it never does. Yeah, I, I know. I've always bought the Schmedium thinking like, well, it looks good on Ronaldo. How come it doesn't look the same on me? Yeah, I get my Sadio Mane shirt and like, wait a minute, it looks nothing like it. <laughs> We'd have to look at Brendan and Sharp's belly buttons on those shirts, and you're just like, dude, that's not the right shirt. Um, but they did have those baggy shirts with the collars. There were some collar shirts, yeah. and I have to tell you, that did not make football great again. Those collars. That oh, we brought that come back. on! Are you no, thinking- I'm like, that's not. No sport should have collars. You know. <laughs> There's darts. There's all those sports with collars. You don't really have to sweat. Okay, so just because you hate rugby, just because you're... you're hey, by the way, rugby shirts, too, used to be baggy, right? And, and it's yeah. important because in the scrum in particular, I was a flanker, which I, I bind on the outside of the scrum. So you gra- reach around the second row, and you grab hold of the shirt. And that's how you bind on, right? Or often you get grab hold of the, the fat on the second row. The, the old reach-around. The old reach-around, right? And, and then suddenly they became tight shirts as well. And suddenly, wait a minute, I, I can't grab hold now of the shirt. 
So ruined my career. Can, who does the shirts in rugby? Is it Can- Canterbury? Can- Canterbury is one of them. Canterbury. Yeah, yeah. All the usual suspects, but Canterbury is a big one. Yeah, right. the, yeah, New Zealand brand. I think the Wolfpack had Kappa for a while. Did they? Yeah. When they first came over, the Toronto Wolfpack had Kappa shirts. Yeah. No, they were tight shirts. Tight shirts. What about what about baggy shorts? Baggy shorts are weird. I've worn baggy shorts before because oftentimes XL or large is the most available. In any of those charity tournaments, they always give away extra large. Uh, but I'm wearing a very fitted top, and I'm wearing socks over my knees, and I, it looks like looks like I'm you know wearing some hand me down pair of shorts. So for me, I never like the baggy shorts. I don't need it to be like too fitted. I don't need to be uncomfortable with it. But I I never like the idea of of having baggy shorts. Well, about with a parachute out there as slow as I run, you know. Right. You'd get if there was a heavy wind, you'd get blown away. That's it. That's you'd be it. floating. You'd be flying. I don't need away. anything. You know, I don't need anything <laughs> weighing me down as it is. You know? Well. I, and this is this is a, from someone who knows nothing about how uh, I run because no, we still no. haven't seen that. This yet. is more for Forrest, but do you guys wear jock straps? No, because the, nope. a baggy shorts don't work well with jock if you don't wear a jock strap. And in football and in baseball and in hockey, you don't wear a cup in all three, but you wear a jock strap in all three. You see. That yeah, I know. Explain that to me because I've never won a jock, having not played a sport where you wear a jock, right? So I understand the cup in hockey and certain sports, cricket. Baseball. You wear a, it's got a box in cricket. It's the same thing as a cup. Baseball too, right? So how does a jock help out? Well, it would, I guess. I mean, I mean, I got hit. You know, when you come out, you spread yourself. <laughs> take one, take one flush in the Niagara's, but uh, <laughs> right in, yeah. right in the yeah, hit right in the James Sharman's. Boom. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's Cockney rhyming slang, Wonger for Niagara Falls. What does it rhyme with? <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So they're known as Niagara's. Mine's known as a Niagara. <laughs> because he's only got one but the, you know what was, was I hated speaking of back in the day you look back at the 80s and the shorts in the 80s like even the old Brazilian teams of 82 Zico and Socrates I mean those shorts were shorts. brutal and you had you felt they had no protection you're going out on a two degree British day and these shorts are Come right up your crotch. They're horrible. It's like running around in underwear. But it's like, but they went from being really super baggy shorts when football began, or up until like the fifties, right? Remember the ones, Stanley Matthews, like baggy as hell, to the short shorts of the eighties, and then this kind of this hybrid short we see today. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. it's. And then their shirts were tight too back in the eighties. So they actually had short shorts and tight shirts. Right? That's right. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, and well, then they it, went baggy by the you know the 80s. It went really baggy. Like even even baggy 90s, right? I, I think of Beckham in the in the 90s. You know when he first broke through the, the the flow, he had the baggy sharp shirt on, right, and the baggy shorts. Yeah, very baggy shirt. Well, it was because the manufacturers were trying to match the fashion of the times. It wasn't for the practicality of you on the pitch. It was for being able to sell the shirt. Are, are baggy pants coming back? I think they are, right? Ooh. Someone told me this. I really hope so. You know, I've just about you know got used to wearing tighter pants. Don't like them. Don't feel good. Don't you look good. You can be your own man, Charms. You can be your own man and wear whatever you want. Well, the, uh, Craig, you know me by now. I'm, I'm never being my own man. The young I'm, I'm people, a sheep. The young people, Gen Z. This is a, a popular thing on TikTok and Instagram that Gen Z is against skinny jeans. 
So that gen- Generation Z. Oh, Gen Z. Basically okay. the TikTok users. By the way, Footy Prime the podcast, now on TikTok. Are we? We are. Nice. Yeah. We're, I better evolution. sign up for an account then. I tell you. Yeah, you better better this get the- TikToker. Right, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's just a Kesha song, I thought. What do you mean it's an app? That's an opportunity there for you, Wonger, to insert Kesha's He's, he's not listening right now. He's he's downloading. Oh, footy pics. He's okay. downloading TikTok. All right, so so far we have uh, so no foreigners, no agents. We want long hair, moustaches, and uh, baggy shirts. Um, okay, Craig, you're up next, pal. Uh, what else would you do to make football great again? Uh, let me think. <laughs> would you like us? Would you like us to to keep it going, and then you can jump in? <clears throat> yeah. What? <laughs> what a great um, show this footy prime is. For all that preparation and research. Just bring back two or three subs. You don't like five subs, honestly. As a as a fan no, watching, I, you don't I like do, having do five like, subs. I do like it, but it's a, it's definitely a, a it favors the stronger clubs with yes. more depth, obviously, right? Um, for sure, but it's also better for for the players and as well to, for the option and load management and all that. For Major League Soccer, I like this the, I like the fact that when there used to be a goalkeeper on the bench too, and you had a shot at getting on. Right. Yeah, that's gone. I was so close to getting on. I stood on the sideline, had the gear on. I was like going on. I was going there, put me up front. I was like so excited. <laughs> you never did score a goal, though, eh? You never did score a goal. Yeah, they went sit down. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you sit the hell down. You know what? I bring yeah. back Craig. I, I bring back to make it great again, and it's been a long time, and you can do it safely now. But um, standing terraces behind the goals, in particular, I think it's time. That's a good one. It's, it's been. You know, I know that they've experimented in certain levels of football again. Um, you know, obviously they went all cedar after the Taylor report, and for good reason. But times have changed, you know. Uh, I think you can you can you can um, you can police the the pens, so to speak, a lot better now well, you than can you used to. You can totally do it. It's, it's doable. Uh, the German clubs have shown us how. To yeah. Do it, uh, with the flip up seats, um, it's not hard. It's not hard, and it's completely safe. It, what is? I mean, even as you know, go to a TFC game, even right in in the fan section in, in that south end, everyone's standing, right? Mm-hmm. The, the seats flip up. You can do it. You can do it safely, and the experience is so much better. I mean, sitting down in your ass watching a sporting event just is not the same. It's like going to a rock concert, right? And sitting down. If you listen to this, by the way, and you sit down at concerts when there were concerts, stop listening. We don't want you. Go away. Yeah, but what about the people that got so drunk beforehand and they get the concert and they're like, they're, just, <laughs> they're done. Yeah, well, you're speaking from experience there, Craig. Oh. Always, always got somebody that as it goes to a concert that can't quite get through it. <laughs> That's true. I suppose you're right there. Yeah, well, there should be a drunk room, a drunk cell somewhere in that case. But I mean, it yeah. is—it's a different experience, right? I mean, I've got very, very vague memories now from from growing up, and I used to go to a couple of uh, you know Spurs and Arsenal games, believe it or not, and uh, you know just the experience of being in those standing in the terraces—it's just a different experience entirely. And I won't say it's oh, yeah. it's PG by any stretch, but there's something about it's even when you're doing you know broadcasting, right, Craig? You know, you, you, when you're standing up, you just feel more energized than when you're sitting down. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I'm bringing them back, and I'm also bringing back um, no windows, no transfer window. I like transfers. 
They're great. They excite me. You know, I'd, I'd rather read the back pages and the rumors than watch a match sometimes. No more transfer. You know, it's, it's tough for the smaller clubs. The small clubs want to be open all the time, make money throughout the year. Um, and I, I think this this you know, this storm that's created towards the end of every transfer window isn't isn't healthy for the game. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. They should definitely have a date, but uh, don't don't close it after. Was it August now? And yeah, August. Yeah, end of August, January? and then uh, opens again in January, right? For a month. Yeah, I mean, you get an inflated market. Although, I mean, is it harder for the players though? I mean, I'm assuming if you know that you can be moved at any time, at least. I guess with Windows for a few months each season, you, you can relax. Is that fair to say? Um, I suppose. I suppose. But you pretty much know if you're ever on the chopping block or you're in, in the conversation. You pretty you, you know these things prior to. And maybe and, you want out. Things going on. It doesn't catch you by surprise very often. Because it's not, remember, it's not a, you know, it's it could be a cash, cash deal as well. Um, as well as, Maybe trading with players as well as cash, but uh, doesn't catch you by surprise. And remember, they, they they let you in on it because unlike NHL or the NBA, where the, you have no choice whatsoever, um, you do have a choice, somewhat of a choice, because you have to agree your personal terms. So they might as well keep you in the loop about what's going on. So when the time comes that they agree terms with the other club, that you're close to or think you're close to knowing whether that player will agree to uh, personal terms i've always enjoyed the silly season i mean when we were at the footy show and when i ran the footy blog that was definitely the most you know exciting part of just checking twitter and and being online and having you know constant contact uh, content to talk about uh, whether it was legitimate or not um, you know how F- Fabrizio Romano has become the the Woj, the Adrian Wojnarowski of of soccer. Um, I think is incredible because he's Italian based, and there's so many leagues and so much going on. But if Fabrizio Romano is tweeting it, it's probably true. By the way, so, so last summer the big transfer story throughout the summer was Messi on his way to ever maybe Man City. You know, it didn't work out in the end. We know why. Um, times have changed now at Barcelona. Yeah. You know, uh, Bartolomeu's left, of course. Um, the new guy, Perez, is back, who's the old guy who loves Messi and they've got a relationship, apparently. Do you think Messi's staying at Barcelona now or will he can leave now in June the 1st, I believe, or June 30th, I forget when it is. He can leave wherever he wants for free. So it's, he's got all the power this summer. Do you think he's leaving? I do think he will. I do... But I wonder too if if Messi is you know looking at his playing career and I don't think Messi is a Ronaldo type who's going to play until his body breaks down. You know Ronaldo's going to play like Tom Brady until forty. It's going to take uh, you know a That's major a, actually, yeah. a major major breakdown for him to stop. Whereas Messi, I feel like he might play you know into his late thirties, but he's going to retire because he wants to be home with the family. He's going to retire He'll because go back he's, home, right? He's felt play. accomplished. He wants to you know. Uh, just um, go back and be out of the spotlight. He wants to just live as normal a life as he can afford, and I don't think that you know these other guys at that at that level are, are like that. So that's what makes him so so rare. So, so I can see him going to City for one or two seasons. You know the the same way a guy would go to Major League Soccer, which is what Zlatan's plan was, and what people say Cristiano Ronaldo 
you know, his plan might be to go to Miami for two years or go to L.A. and finish it off. I see him doing that for City and then walking away. See, this is where I admit my hypocrisy, right? I'm, I know last summer on One Soccer, Craig, we discussed this, right? You know, amidst the rumors he's off the city. And I think I probably said, oh, I want to see him stay at Barcelona, you know, the romantic in me, the one club man. But the reality is, the truth of the matter is now, I like to see players move teams. Yes. And it'd be so exciting to see him in a different team. As much as the, the, there is that romantic side of me that want to see him stay there. But I want to see him move on uh, you know, and play a couple of years in the Premier League, which is my league, the league that I love. Question is, Craig, if you are Man City... And you could, you know, you got a lot of money to spend. You can sign Haaland, right? Erling Haaland for God knows how much money. He's in his early 20s. He's, you know, going to be around for 10, 12, 15 years. All right. Or you can get messy for a couple of years. And knowing what that can do for your club and its image globally, what would you do? That's a really, really good question. I think it, it would maybe just depend on other circumstances but I think Messi coming would be an amazing thing for him as well um, for him to have a very good chance of winning the, the Premier League doing something outside of Spain that's a big you know hindrance to you know what Ronaldo has done in comparison winning everywhere Ibrahimovic winning everywhere you know guys that like have won a different that that is not an easy thing to do what Ronaldo has achieved everywhere um but there's also that one club guy that is, you know, they've looked after him. He's looked after them. Um, it's been a really good relationship for the most part over all these years. But it would be exciting to see him in the Premier League. And, and remember, I mean, he scores lots of goals against English clubs. They're always wondering whether or not he could do that. But in the Champions League, he's he scored plenty. I, I think it's... Uh, a- I think it's a very easy choice. You absolutely go and get messy because for as long as there's natural gas and oil in the earth, you can always afford Holland no matter where he ends up or what happens. So be it two years, five years, seven years down the road, if you really want Erling Holland, you can have him. But to have Messi now, as Craig points out, to elevate your brand, to really become a global side, to stop people around the world referring to Manchester City as Manchester shitty as they once did um, – having someone like Messi will absolutely elevate you. So purely from an image standpoint, a marketing standpoint, but are you better with Haaland? Are you better with Messi next season? Ooh, you know, Thomas Rongen actually on BN broke down where Erling Haaland would fit best, and he gave two comparisons. He gave two comparisons, and at the end he said either one. And the reason, the reason though, he chose the two of them, and I love the way he did it. He took the the best 11 in his eyes for Man City and the best 11 for Barcelona. Actually, you know what? Sorry, I, I was wrong. Rongen did say Barcelona was a better fit, but he compared the best 11s. And honestly, I think that Haaland would just slide into both sides and pr- be incredible. Just elevate his game, continue to, to grow, and he would score bucket loads of goals. Um, I think that Messi... I think that Messi as a player would still contribute, but he it would be there would be a decline. It wouldn't quite it wouldn't quite be the same. And I think that there are you know cities in a period where especially without Aguero there'll be some some change as well. I think that he'd still, you know, be elite but not Messi elite. It is so hard you know? because I agree the decline is apparent compared to the Messi in his prime, but he was so I forget Ronaldo for a second, but he was so higher than everyone else. The decline 
still brings him closer to those players. Right? Yeah, they weren't. He wasn't just you know a, a head or a shoulder above the next best player. He was like three or four players above the next best player. Right, right. So he's declining, but I'm not. I just don't know where he's at just yet. Barcelona's going through this this complete rebuild. It would look like at some point they, they've struggled. We understand that. Although they've got some decent results this year. Um, next year. In, in a great team again, like a Man City or a, wherever it's going to be, I still think Messi can be Messi. It's only Man City or PSG. You would think so. And I think he's a better fit at Man City, and I personally would like to see him at Man City because I'd see him every week. I'm not watching Liga. It yeah, doesn't, doesn't I, matter I'm, I'm what star is there. You know, And it was the same for La Liga. When Ronaldo was, was um, playing for Real Madrid, if they played at 10 o'clock in the morning, I was never watching it. And I might have only been watching Norwich and Fulham, but I just wasn't watching it, you know? Do you want to see Messi move, Craig? Yeah, I'd love to see him move. <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 honestly think, I honestly think that Messi, he comes to Man City, say he turns up there, I think he scores 25 goals in his first year in the Premier League. I really do. Me too. At least. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's still lighting it up. Yeah. He's top goal scorer in the league now. <laughs> I know. You, it's almost like we, we kind of just dismiss that now, right? Ah, oh, yeah, well. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's only got 23 goals this year. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, he had 40 this time in 2012. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're talking about Benzema, what a fun, outstanding player he is. 17 goals this year. Suarez, you know what? He can do nineteen. He's behind him too. It's like insane. You wonder what Benzema could have done when he wasn't under the shadow of Ronaldo for so long, right? Because he is a wonderful player. Yeah, truly wonderful. But he's very much a passenger behind Ronaldo, right? For those years, and now we're seeing, you know, and, and he, how old's Benzema now? He's in his early thirties. Early thirties, right? A couple of years younger than me. I think he might be thirty-two. Yeah. What happened to that court case, by the way, with Benzema and Matthew Valbuena? And, yeah, Valbuena. Yeah. Ooh. Apart from him not being allowed to play for the French national team again, I don't know. Very sordid. Did you hear this, Dan, right? What was the story this again? Is, it, it you was, would love this story. Oh, very were quickly. Two, two French teammates. Yep. One of which is five foot one, and one of which is arguably it, it, continually in the conversation of, of a top five player in the world. And some people he is. To some, to some people he is in the, the class. Behind, I wouldn't Messi say top five, but he, elite, world class. But player. in in the discussion of number three, there are uh, quite a few people that would say Benzema should be considered number three. The golf and class. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's Messi Robert Ronaldo one and two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, but so still, you don't. World class player though. Let's just agree. World class player. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Matthew Valbuena, not a world class player, but he was a key contributor to the French team. Now this is where I forget what happened. Right. <laughs> so this is where I try and piece together what I believe I remember happened. So. Matthew Valbuena was being blackmailed by a group of people uh, with a sex tape. And I for, I'm not going to speculate on, on what the details were, but he was uh, petrified by this scenario and confided in his teammate, Kareem Benzema, who uh, encouraged him to just pay the ransom and get out of this. But the report is, is that Benzema was behind having this video leaked and Benzema was involved with these people who were demanding the ransom. Mm. So the French squad um for the, for the third time that year imploded. Yeah, the French squad uh, that imploded, but also the federation then banned uh Benzema from from the team. 
Uh, and uh, I think Valbuena, who was a couple years older, maybe only had one stint. It was nowhere near the level of player, but the French Federation clearly sided with Valbuena, uh, whether it was true or not. But le- yeah, legally, I-, I don't remember how it turned out. But it was court. it was a pretty you know stinging. It was a very sordid. bad look. It was sordid. Yeah, very bad look for Benzema. Not since Craig Blackmail, Jimmy Brennan have has been anything quite as sordid in in uh, professional football. <laughs> He was small, though, wasn't he, Valbuena? 5-1. Was he the smallest player in the ever? In Europe? <laughs> ever? Ever? <laughs> I don't know. Close to he it. He was a tiny man. But no, he wasn't the smallest player ever. But he was a great player for Marseille for a long time and, and for the French. And, and, you know, I don't think that there were too many people, certainly with understanding the details of the situation, that felt as though uh, he didn't deserve to be in the side, Valbuena. He earned his keep. but Well, boys, um, on, on that note... Um I really enjoyed that. MFGA, make football great again. We'll, we'll continue. When Craig actually gets some more ideas, maybe we'll revisit it next year. Next year. Next so, week. <laughs> since. <laughs> okay, how about social media? Get rid of social. Well, you know what? The thing with social media is that it plays a really important role for fans and exposure to players, but it's opened up this ab- abuse situation, whether it's just straight up abuse, racial abuse. So like Glasgow Rangers have all decided to boycott social media and try to talk to Twitter and Instagram about the abuse that uh, people are getting and they're not really doing enough about it to solve that problem. So it's something for the new generation of players. It's all great when things are going well and the fans are all, you know, you're playing for a big club, you can get thousands and thousands of replies and if you're doing well, it's great. But if you're going through a tough time, that's a, that's a tough thing to, for a young person to deal with. We didn't we didn't talk about it um, on last week's show after the international window, but Gareth Bale, who is the uh, the the warrior for all the anti racists out there, as he he elbowed the Czech player that racially abused um, the the Rangers player, uh, elbowed him right through the face in that uh, Wales Czech match. So you know it's a great point though. I mean. I think there's nothing positive about social media in regard uh, to sports and, and clubs and, and football as we see it. But when it, it comes is, to podcasts, well, it's fantastic. But it, but it, but it's unpoliced, you know. And but you're right. I mean, I can age myself now, right? But I remember watching football when they were known for the football, just the football, the, these stars. I remember Kevin Keegan was like the uh, the face of football in England as I was growing up. And he'd, he'd be on commercials. And then it was Gary Lineker for Walker's Crisps, right? On TV, you'd see these guys. But that was the extent of their brand, right? Whereas now the brand's almost more important than their actual play in the field because of social media. So I'm glad that Rangers have taken a stand. Good for them. I know Jordan Henderson has recently given his platform to an anti-bullying um, uh, uh, charity campaign. or yeah, campaign um, saying, you know, enough's enough. So hopefully they'll enforce change. But... Yeah, I'm sure, Craig, that's one thing in your career that you, you, you are happy not to be embroiled in, and that's social media. Yeah, no, that would have been an absolute nightmare. I don't even know how I would handle it. I, I, I probably would have stayed off it. Yeah. I think I would have stayed off it. <laughs> but, <laughs> or but, but, you go on it for a little while, and then you're like, uh, maybe it's probably not. Uh, but some clubs uh, you know, will, will demand their players have an account just to spread their brand now they may not run their own personal accounts but you know part of contracts are you must you know represent the club on social media yeah and most of the players let's be honest i mean it's uh, we live in a quite a narcissistic society these days and most of the players are all trying to get as many followers as they possibly can and 
all depends on your club or the size of the club that you're playing for, you know. Um, but I don't understand. Really, real Ferdinand. I mean, Ronaldo's got over a hundred million followers on Twitter, and yeah, on Instagram, I think it's Ronaldo and Kim Kardashian are the two most followed people on Instagram. They make lovely babies. Could you imagine? God, they'd be annoying, though. Yep. Huge biceps and huge bum, uh, bums, breasts. That's the one. I'd have to do sit-ups every day. <laughs> to be on Instagram? <laughs> I know what you mean. Surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. But, you know, speaking of social media, let us know what you think about um, <laughs> Make Football Great Again. Uh, please, follow Footy Prime, the podcast, footy underscore prime on Twitter. That's right. And oh, on, on Instagram, so yeah, and we 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 rely on it personally. You know, we we without it, we are nothing. So football was better before social media. Having said that, please follow Footy Prime the podcast and yeah. subscribe now with enhanced video content on Instagram and TikTok. You'll find all sorts of great segments, such as <laughs> Footy Picks. Yes, Winnie Dicky out here. Did you come quit? on? No, you do. You're you're part of the. I think it's the microphone. Oh my god. Oh, it's forty picks. It's forty picks. It's forty picks on forty prime. Thank you, Denny Dicchio. <laughs> wow! I thought he wasn't here today. Denny Dicchio sounds like he's got a bit of a flu. Who's got a nicer singing voice, Denny Dicchio or Elena Dunlop? Well, since there is no Elena Dunlop. <laughs> I might have to say Danny Dicchio. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Legally, Wonger, she didn't take the name because hers was just well, cooler. No, would I? I would try and you know distance myself as much as possible from. You don't want to be named as for after a tire company? Come on. Yeah, but she's renowned for the Canadian Idol. Right, <laughs> right. Be like, who, who, Elena, who? Dun- Dunlop and Never several heard. other things since that early two thousands. <laughs> uh, she must hate it when people go. Are you the, are you the girl from uh, Canadian Idol when Farley Flex loved you? No, I mean, the Canadian Idol to her is, you know, it's... Uh, is that like Sports World to me? Well, I was going to say that, or like me being the Twitter guy on the footy show. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would say so, probably. Where it began. Where it began, mm-hmm. yeah. Off the better things, you know. Elena's, you know, on Jan, and we're in a garage. That's it. <laughs> Talking about how good football used to be before social media. Yes, great. All right. Remember when all the matches were played at 10 o'clock, 3 o'clock, and you couldn't see them on television? Yes, how about that one window of matches? 3 p.m. Saturday, maybe one on the Sunday morning. Yeah, do you find it, you know, fully consuming now in COVID with you only have a match, one match at 7, one match at 10, one match at 12.30, one match at 3, and the 3 o'clocks on Sunday are too much for me. It's too much. The, The weekend's gone. Like that will cause more divorces, I think, the current schedule. Because when do you go drape shopping? It's funny that that's what you were thinking. Because I was thinking like, hey, Sunday afternoon is when I dabble in the Serie A and, and La Liga. You know, I, I got the Serie A game at 2.45 and then I can watch the 4 o'clock La Liga, which is often Joao Felix and Atletico Madrid. Now I'm watching Leicester and Fulham. See, I'm in home sense. Oh, how times have changed. Oh, God. Please, someone take me out. All right. Up first, Liverpool. <laughs> it's a Shaman Dunlop derby. Liverpool, Aston Villa. Ooh. Shall we get another 7-2? What do you think? <laughs> the craziest scoreline I've seen for many, many a year. It was so unbelievable. And the Browns had won that day. It was a magical, magical time. Was it the best day of your life? It was up there. Yeah? Yeah. It was up there. 
along with you know being on uh, the footy show for the first time, that shift that I was late, that Charlotte mm-hmm, loves mm-hmm. to talk about. I had so, a big beard that day. You did, I yeah. I was filling in for Joe Ross, who was on his honeymoon, having just been married. What was her name? Joe <laughs> Ross's wife's name? <laughs> Your beard. Oh, my beard. He's making an inappropriate joke. Strange. Uh, all right, so Liverpool Villa. Um, Liverpool were playing really well, bouncing back, and then they you know, shit the bit against Real Madrid. They did not look good. Villa, the, on the, the other hand. League. We didn't uh, talk about that. Can I just get one really quick yeah, take in there? Yeah, go right ahead. Real Madrid are nowhere near as good a side as Liverpool made them look in the Champions League. But they're also much better than Arsenal. Liverpool is? No. Real, Real Madrid. Madrid is. Yeah, Real Madrid is much better than Arsenal. But having said that, I still think... The way, see, without Jack Grealish, who's rumored to be coming back sometime in the near future, uh, much like normalcy, um, I'm going to go draw. I'm going to go biased, 2-2 draw. That would not help my club's top four aspirations. Last week was great, by the way. A lot of results went our way. All right, Craig, we've got a draw from Dunlop. Liverpool Villa, what you got? Uh, Liverpool, 2-1. Thank you. That's more like it. <laughs> yeah, it is at Anfield. It's probably most likely. Well, hold on a minute. They've lost. I mean, mm. they lost. They lost six in a row at Anfield. But yeah, they've been awful at home this season. But Villa struggled to create goals away from home, particularly without Jack. Yeah. Well, we got a draw and we got a Liverpool close win. Next up, Craig, your very own West Ham against Leicester. This is one of the biggest West Ham games in recent memories. And you know what? I feel bad for West Ham's ownership. I really do, because this is the year they wanted and needed for that stadium to come alive, right? And for that stadium to get some history behind it, to, to build some tradition. And there's no one there to watch it. Yeah, it's it's really sad. It really is. However, um, everybody's surprised. There's nobody who could have predicted the season that West Ham have had. It, uh, had. Um, remember the start of the season, we're looking at the schedule, they had Newcastle at home start, then they had Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs. I mean, it was just, and then they lost to Newcastle at home, first game in the season. It was like, oh boy, this is going to be a long season. And then they got through that really tough spell, picked up a bunch of points, and then it was like, okay, well, they got a good stretch of games, but can they win against the teams that they should, um, if you're going to get up in the top half at least? And they did. They've done incredibly well. I mean, it seems like yesterday everybody was calling for, well, they're still calling for ownership changes, but David Moyes was taking an absolute beating from the West Ham fans. and Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a, quite something, and they've actually got themselves in a position where they can finish in the top four, but there's a tight race there, uh, and with eight games left, it's going to be tight. It's a remarkable season, obviously, for West Ham. But I wonder if they would be anywhere near this position if there was a full ground. I don't think they would be. I, I think they'd be. They might be fortunate to be top ten, eighth or tenth. I, I think that they're a better side, you know, than maybe we had predicted at the beginning of the season, and they'd shown in you know, a, a few matches there when David Moyes was really under pressure. But with a full ground, there's there's quite a few teams that would be in different situations. I don't think that Sheffield United would be as in dire straits as they are. With a full ground, and I don't think Villa would be in as flattering a position as they are with a full ground either. No, that's probably true. I mean, West Ham's record is pretty equal for the most part, home and away. You know, they've picked up 
few more points at home than they have away. Um, but it's not bad. I think 28 points at home, 24 points away. What scoreline did you give, Craig? I haven't. Oh. <laughs> well, let's have it. <laughs> um, 2-1 West Ham. Ooh. I'm going to go. You're not picking at all, Sharms? No, I'm I'm host. You've removed yourself. Yeah, no one cares about my opinion. That's not true. No, very few people. I think Elena Watko would prefer your opinion. <laughs> uh, perhaps not when it comes to you know predicting match results, but in, in other general, football so, so if I said leave Brendan, right? That could be yeah. Although you've said that every single time I you've do. ever met her, so yeah, or any of your girlfriends. And thank or God, yeah. Mm. Well, she's the only one that matters. So thank God, <laughs> over eight years, it's never worked. She just laughs and says, oh, it's cute, your relationship with him. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it is strange. Both hate each other so much, but we love each other. All right, go ahead. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go for the spectacular in results here. I'm going to go 3-3 three, three, draw. 3-3. Three, three. Now, no Declan Rice, you should mention, for West Ham, which is a, a big loss. Well, I think that they're able to concede more goals, uh, to which Leicester, I think, is is feeling the pressure to replicate the uh, the good old days of September and October earlier in the season. Yeah, you know, it's been a long season for Leicester, hasn't it? It really has. Up and down, but they're stuck in there. Somehow. They're stuck in there. They're yep. stuck in there. Hey, Craig, your your best West Ham finish was fifth, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. So your, that, that team, would that team beat this West Ham? Ooh, good question. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Much better goalkeeping, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, Shaka was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Shaka Hislop. Have we had him on the show? No, but we shall. When we're allowed to, you know, actually convene properly and get video feeds, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, then we will get yeah. some great guests on. So technology is the problem. Yes, and te- the virus. Yes, technology and the virus. This right. whole, you know, pandemic's not great for, uh, you know, slick. Herpes. Was that just throwing out herpes for... <laughs> the virus. It's the other virus. It's not that virus. For those that couldn't hear Wonga, because his microphone's broken, he screamed at herpes. All right, anyway. <laughs> Next up, Spurs, Manchester United. Ooh, Jose against his old team again. Spurs at, in, in dire straits. At the new Tottenham Stadium. The new White Hart Lane? Is that what they're calling it? It's Tottenham Stadium, is it not? It's not White Hart Lane. I, I thought it's the new White Hart Lane. I don't know. Not, not... Factually, they haven't maybe got a sponsor for it yet. They will, but they haven't yet. Why, will they still in COVID? I don't know if they will in COVID. Well, they it, should do. They've got to somehow afford Harry Kane. It's shocking that they hadn't before. Okay, so wait a second. Harry Kane's uh, due for a renewal mm-hmm. this season. Um, His deal's up. This he, no, I think he's no. I think he's got term. So this is what's but remarkable. He's but what's remarkable about the wage increases in football, because I think, obviously, it's been exponential since Craig and, and Danny played, um, which is rather unfortunate for the two of them. Um, but it's also been insane just in the last five years when you think about when Nigel de Jong was at Manchester City on 90000 a week, upset that Yaya Toure had come in at 200, and 200 I believe it was, and wisely, Kia Gerbacian had put in Carlos Tevez's deal that he was the highest paid player by 5,000 pounds, which is nothing in comparison, but everyone who came in on good money was a win for Carlos Tevez. So I think Tevez had come in at 125, 150. How would they ever agree to that contract just to get Tevez from United, eh? 
Just to give Tevis from United. Well, it made sense at the time, but also, but Tevis was looking at like, well, I'm better than Gareth Barry, and if he's on 100, then I want to be on 125. Hey, don't knock Gareth Barry. I love Gareth Barry. I know you do. <laughs> Villa boy. No, Gareth Bale, but uh, it would have it been great if he'd come back to finish his career there. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to say, Kevin De Bruyne, 400,000, which, you know, that's <laughs> crazy. I just feel it. It's crazy, right? It so, okay, feel, so what's, what's, what's Harry Kane worth? But it just, if De Bruyne is worth that, forget Spurs, forget who's going to try and sign and, you know, where Kane ends up, right? If De Bruyne, who is you know probably the best, if for my money, I think he's probably the best Premier League player of the last three or four years. But okay. that's debatable. One of the best, right? And he's in four hundred or thereabouts. What is Harry Kane worth? A goal scorer? Well, I don't think well, he's Harry, Harry Kane's contract runs out in twenty four. Uh, he's got a few years left on it. He's making apparently two hundred thousand a week. Spurs are historically cheap, though. But goal scorers mm-hmm. generally make more than sublime playmakers in the midfield, don't they? Understood. But I still think that... Maybe the question should be, should Harry Kane leave? Maybe that should be the question. Well, that's a big you question. Know, Spurs man, you, will we see Harry Kane? Should he entertain a move to United in the offseason? That's a massive question. That's why I actually, I'm surprised that his deal is until 24, because I thought his deal was rather was up rather soon. Because it feels as though that's the the big topic. So his value's at an all-time high for Spurs as well now, right? Spurs who are in, in, in a lot of debt with that stadium, right? And what's you know, if Kane's worth, forget salary, you know, if he's got term and is is what 150 million, even in a depressed market. I got it. I got the solution. All right, I got the solution for Daniel Levy. Swap deal, Craig. Harry Kane for Messi. Swap deal. Well, I think it makes there sense for both teams. Fair value, isn't it? He's an English boy. He wouldn't hit the continent? No. <laughs> Messi, Messi's not going to Spurs. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the obvious point here. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you're Harry Kane you know, and you're looking at, okay, Gareth Bale comes in, what was his salary, 600,000 pounds a week or something crazy? Something insane, yeah. So they were paying him half? No, Kane, uh, Bale. Yeah. Real Madrid were paying the other half. Yeah. Which and is wild. Harry Kane's in the prime of his career, and he's just nailing goals in left, right, and center. He must be getting offers. But know. he's loyal guy, though. I mean, do, do you, in your heart, do you think he's leaving this summer? Who? Harry Kane. Kane. Harry Kane. I think there's every chance. Now would be the if you're going to leave. Now is the year, right? Now is the year, I think, because Spurs are definitely have definitely plateaued if they're not on the decline. I think this this. This year truly is an anomaly. I think that that's helped Jose Mourinho because if, as long as they finish in the top six, I think he can keep his job. I don't think that they can progress from that personally, but I think that that's the bare minimum for him to keep his job. For, I think we have to remember, too, that even the rich clubs are feeling financial yes. pressure at some some level, you know, and uh, we're going to see that. Even Pep argued that maybe they wouldn't buy a striker in the summer. He's full of shit, though, isn't he? Come on. There's only few, like, when you talk about Harry Kane, there's only a, a few clubs that you're talking about that could compete with that sort of money. Well, I mean, so so this summer, potentially, Messi, Haaland, and Kane could be available. Forget, you know, economics. They could be available. Um, who are Martinez from Inter Milan as well could be available. You know, he's a younger guy. He won't cost you four hundred thousand. No, he's, no, no, he's not the same. But still, he's a very good player, right? Put, give me a, in order. Forget money here, right? 
So I think you guys both agreed that if City could get Messi now, yes. that would be the player to get over Messi's Haaland. The player to get now. Would Kane change your opinion? For Messi? Oh, excuse me, for, at Man City? For City, yeah. I mean, I think that that's something that Pep Guardiola would, would consider, absolutely. Um, as a replacement for Sergio Aguero, really just looking at, at that in the sense of, would you trust Harry Kane over Gabby Jesus? I think most 100%, people would. 100% a million billion times. Most people would, which I think is rather unfair to Jesus. You love to your Jesus, honest. don't you? Well, I just think that he's, I don't think that he's shown that he can't, uh, replace, um, Aguero. He's never been given a, a fair chance to, to prove it, really. Uh, but he's how been many 90-minute runs been hurt enough. Aguero's been hurt long enough, enough times, that Jesus has been given enough runs of games. I feel that he's a hard worker. I, I don't dislike the guy at all, but he's not Not prolific. that level to you. No, he's, he's not, not prolific to you. Yeah, I mean, he's not, he's not Aguero elite. He's not world-class. But to me, I think he was prolific enough to be given the chance. But... But no, I mean, you compare Jesus to, to Kane, and I would want Kane. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I think that that's a conversation being had. I'm not sure. Who Who is Harry Carey, uh, Harry Kane's agent? Do we know? If I feel like it would be Barnett. Yeah, it'd be a good fit, wouldn't it? He's not a Riola guy. He's definitely not a Mino guy, not a George Mendes guy. I don't know, yeah. Harry Kane to Wolves, then. Okay, there you go. All right. Um, we're still on footy picks, right? So we get a scoreline for this. Spurs, Man United. Okay, Craig, what's the score? What's the scoreline in this one? Two 0 Man United. All right. Does that spell the end of Jose Mourinho before the season ends? No, they're not going to do that. No, I don't think they're going to do that either. I would go. Ooh, he said two one United. I'm going to go two 0 I said. Oh, 2-0, excuse me. Okay, well, then I'm going to go 2-1, United. 2-1? Okay. There you have it. They are your footy picks. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. On footy prime in the garage. Man, I tell you, pneumonia does not suit Dickio at all. Let's hope it's just pneumonia and not the vid. You know, Christ, the way it's flying Who calls around. it the vid? I do. I just posted a vid on IG. Yeah? What's no. I, I posted a vid on IG. You're so freaking Gen V, aren't you? Eh? Jesus Christ. It's, it's called the Rona, not the vid. No, the vid. The vid. We called the vid the before. We yeah, we the old people called the vid. Those of us who are close to vaccination age. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a poll on the Twitter account. What what do you refer to? What is your slang term for the virus that has gripped the entire planet? What about the nineteen? Mm. No, I haven't heard yeah. that yet. But just throwing it out there. Make it a choice. Make it a choice. You think three? Do a poll. Let's do a poll. How do you refer to oh, this awful, monstrous, demonic, and murderous virus? We were talking about the, the yeah the Rona. Yeah, how many for you know what the what the ex president of the United States referred? How many of those suggestions well, do you think you're going to get? That's this avoid is the those problem ones. with social media. Let's avoid those ones. Yeah, I'm not going to put that, but I'm just saying. Asking, what do you call the virus when you're not in a medical lab? I call it a pain in the ass. Oh God, Jesus Christ, life altering. That's mm. for sure. All right. Well, listen, everyone. Thank you so much for joining uh, the Footy Garage, Footy Primer. One of these days, we'll we'll make a choice to actually call it one or the other. <laughs> It's an hour and 18 minutes in? Yeah. Jesus. This is the shortest pod we've done in three weeks. What do you want wow. about? Wow. Listen, please, please. Go ahead, Craig. 
What's that, buddy? I thought you you were talking there. You oh, you no. were vaping, weren't you? <laughs> he was vaping. Just gone to the toilet. <laughs> um, please like us and please subscribe on all the various social platforms, including so. TikTok, including TikTok. now, including TikTok. I'm gonna have to go home and download it now, aren't I? And do some really uh, cool videos. Oh, sorry, vids. Before we go, I want to mention um, the Man City Leeds game on Saturday, the early game. How many goals do you think is going to be in that game? Ooh, wow. that's a good one. How come that wasn't in footy picks? Who decides this? Well, I think they're pretty good, pretty good, pretty good picks, though. Why is it England only, by the way? Should we open this up? No, no, we decided that before. We're going England only. Okay. Oh, so you're just a big television network then? England only. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Stab too close to the bone there. Um, seven. Seven goals in that match. Seven goals. It could be a seven goal. Now, are we thinking 6 1 as opposed to 4 3, right? <laughs> no, I think, I think 5 2. Okay, is we're all throwing five bucks in. We're gonna we're gonna put a number to it. Whoever's closest wins the other fifteen. That's but what we're doing right what now. What if you have some so what if the number is seven, someone's picked eight, and someone's picked six, then who wins? Then you split it. Mm, I think the over is over. No, because be... then the four of us can't all bet. Ah, uh, fair point. Someone who's gambled. And I know time. nothing about this game, so I'm gonna say six goals. Dan Wong says six goals. I've said seven goals, Forrest. I'm going to say nine. Ooh. Mm. You're allowed in on this one. I'm going to say... He's a six, right, Wonger? I'm going to say five. I, That's smart. Often these games that you expect all these goals to flow don't happen that way. Right? But this is not know, a final. Biel's is so different. Like, the way he, he just... There's no change, and he, he's he got plan A, and that's it. And it's fun to watch. I think there's only, I'm just guessing a little bit, but four teams or something who scored more than them. They can see the hell of a lot of goals, but... It's, yeah. it's been a, let's be honest, it's been a great debut season for Bielsa in the Premier League. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. It's too bad the fans haven't been there to see it, because he's just fun. It is. If they finish in the top half, very good. Oh, outstanding, yeah. Especially to be in, in that ground. They deserve to be in that ground. They do. It's great to see Ellen Roy. Why are you laughing? Because every time we're about to close the show, we always talk for another 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, see, my see, bladder can't handle another no, 20 no, minutes I'll right now. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because we all come from broadcast television, right? Where we are so dictated by hard deadlines and times. We cannot go, let alone a second. You know, we, we can't. So we have the freedom to say what we want, when we want. And it's bloody liberating, isn't it? There, there aren't too many times that I've seen fear in your eyes. Uh, apart from asking you to be the best man at my wedding, the only time I can recall... <laughs> that didn't happen, by the way. The only... Yeah, because, he, well, he said no. I knew he would say no. So, so I asked Dan Wong instead. He also said no. Yeah. So good thing so my brother was able to fly Brandon, in. When your wife leaves you, are you still? Is she going to still do some voices for us? <laughs> what we're paying her? Yes, she will. A lot of money. Great question, Craig. <laughs> also, pretty good prediction considering you know pandemic and all. All right. The only other you time better, that uh, you better leave her your her number with Wong or some stage just in case. Oh God. <laughs> The only time I've seen Charmin, uh, what was my story about? Uh, fear in my eyes. The only time you saw fear in my eyes. Have you forgotten the story? Jesus. <laughs> I've totally forgotten the story. 
Um, it's about deadlines and time and a TV show and yeah. No, it's gone. It's, t- it's totally gone. Sorry. Maybe you. Maybe you can re- revisit podcast. it next weekend. I'll, I'll put it on Instagram if I remember. You can cut this out, Wonger. I'll put no, it on no. Instagram. This is this is what we're all about. Brilliant. This is what we're all about. Brilliant. Hard times. That's what it is. What? Hard times. Not what we're living through. Actual television hard time outs. Hard out times. Yeah. Though we are living in hard times. It was the first time on the radio show, because I, I used to host the radio show on Sirius. On Hardcore? And on Hardcore, Hardcore Sports, Sports radio. radio on Sirius Channel 186. Charmin was the analyst at the time with Christian. One week we'd switched and Charmin played host. But I n- didn't warn him that the clock wasn't a hard clock. And he was like sweating through his neck. He was terrified because I was babbling on, and he's he's waving at me like, "Look, you idiot! Look at the clock; it's declining. What do I do?" And so I just kept babbled, and I babbled on, I babbled on, and it went to zero. And he went, "This has been the hardcore soccer doxia," and he's like, "It's not hard." I'm like, "No, it's not hard out. It's not going to cut you out." I don't remember that. Yeah. I'm sure it happened. It did well, happen. I don't remember that because in television it would. In television, you would have crashed yeah. straight into a commercial. I remember uh, on that show once, me and Christian decided that we would see how long we could go to start the show. Without mentioning or talking about soccer, and B was hosting this green green host, right? Yeah, you know, I, was super, I was super. Good bosses great. who were really hard on him at the time. They were very hard on me. And yeah. we said, let's let's just see how long we can just bullshit through the first, you know, <laughs> 10, 50 minutes and not talk a thing about soccer. It was it was like it it, it was forty minutes. We did two segments. <laughs> we didn't talk about soccer at all in the first twenty eight minutes. And then come halftime, I was like, guys, like, come on, we got to get back to this. And it was, it was a big day because I was having a big meeting about, you know, getting paid. And, uh, the, yeah, they just absolutely took the So, piss. Craiger, you know, we hang out with Charms, but really, he's a bully. He's a schoolyard bully, this Oh, Charms. yeah. And we should probably just kick, kick, kick him out and give, uh, give the hosting duties to Dunlop. No, no, don't do that. But we should definitely, we should definitely enlist Jordan Henderson's, uh, you know, campaign against anti-bullying to go after the biggest bully in the group here. I get off watching you wither before my eyes. These private school boys, man, they're all the same. All hey, the <laughs> good, a little bit of good-natured hazing never hurt anyone, apart from those it did. All right, this is definitely it because that, that was a seven-minute close. We say this every week. It's kind of getting monotonous, but we do kind of drag it on a bit. And some people say they enjoy it. Yeah. So and we pay them, and we pay them a lot of money. All right. Thank you very much for listening to Footy Prime, the Footy Garage. Yeah, As we really please, appreciate it. Please like and subscribe and follow, of course, on all the platforms. And thank you, Amsterdam Beer and Amsterdam Beer and DeanBlundell dot com, and of course, Blue Microphones. We love you. Cheers for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.